Hello, and welcome to episode 256 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Armand Nassim, creator of Lost Magic on Kickstarter now. Nassim, thanks so much for joining us and coming onto the podcast. Let's do what we normally do here. Let's start off with a, uh, a quick bio and then an elevator pitch for this cool book that's on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, my first foray into comics, uh, first comic book I ever wrote. Um, and, you know, I come from a, you know, a traditional background, I usually uh, business and music mostly. Um, and then now I'm, I'd love to kind of uh, expand into comics. Uh, Lost Magic, uh, number one is an all ages, you know, fantasy horror uh, comic. I love like the match of those two genres, um, you know, equal parts fantasy, equal parts horror. And it really lets the reader's, you know, imagination just like run wild. Um, you know, there's magic, uh, monsters and mystery involved. Very cool. Yeah. And you were um, kind enough to send me a, a preview copy, which I read today to, to sort of get up to speed. Um, but let's sort of uh, go back. You said that uh, this is your first foray into sort of creating comics. It sounds like you have some creative background, either in, in business or in music. Um, did you grow up as a, uh, a comics fan, um, you know, uh, reading comics or was it an exposure um, to I, it? I read, I read uh, the big events, but it was for me, it was really the... Uh, the TV shows on uh, on the CW on like Smallville, uh, Arrow was a okay. big one. Um, those two, you know, of course, all the all the movies, you know, from Spider Man and all the Hollywood movies. But uh, for me, that's kind of really what drew me in. And then I absolutely read all like the the big events uh, in comics. Um, and uh, more recently, uh, really inspired me was uh, George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones and Monstrous by Mar Marjorie Liu. Uh, really kind of uh, kind of like mixed in and uh, really made me want to create comics after it, kind of seeing what they've done. Very cool. So you said that like, uh, you know, the CW shows um, got you sort of excited um, and you were reading event books. Were you sort of reading the event books that were, were coming out in that time frame or were you diving back and going and maybe getting some of the, the older classic uh, events? Uh, or was I was it... going backwards. Yeah, I got okay. uh, I started with the current day and then I kind of uh, wanted to kind of see what was happening in the back. Uh, you know, the old Captain Marvel uh, was always my it's kind of still my favorite. Um uh, for Marvel, there's also uh, the classics. Uh, the class I read everything Batman and Daredevil. Mm -hmm. You know Frank Miller. Would he? I think he might be uh, the greatest. Obviously, Elektra. I read all, all of Elektra. Those are kind of like what cemented my you know foundation in comics and kind of my, those were like my first few comics. I would say. So that's interesting because, you know, from sort of, I want to ask a question about like going backwards because like my background, I would have, um, you know, I grew up as a comics fan, sort of grew out of it, came back to it. But, you know, I read comics um, that were either bought off a spinner rack or bought in a, in a, you know, comic book shop. And, you know, these are, um, you know, sometimes late 80s, early 90s books. What was it like for you to read something that was written more modern and then going back because there's I, I feel like there's a big difference in the the, the storytelling style where um, the older books would have been filled with a lot more exposition to sort of like hold your hand did you notice that yeah, going backwards I did notice that and I and I actually I I didn't really uh, I kind of almost preferred it uh, I kind of enjoyed you know both aspects of it you know I kind of understood that you know it was kind of like a little piece of history uh, in the, you know in the comic history and um, and yeah, I I the, the colors too, you know, it's a different type of art, you know, the colors, um, 
now are so much more you know realistic versus back then it was it was you know very bright and vibrant and you know solid and block colors um so yeah i i would say that it was cool going back but you can definitely see like it being aged in my mind you can kind of see uh you know the kind of going back in time just through the artwork itself yeah so when you were describing that i i had an i had a, an idea for a question so one of the things that you're doing here is um and maybe you're taking a little pieces of modern comics and some of the the older style storytelling because you have such a large world that you're sort of dropping us into and um you know we come in really quickly and we get out really quickly and then we move to to another area so you know we certainly have our characters moving through the the story saying stuff that lets us know what's going on but you also fill it in with some of that sort of old school narration where there's sort of like a not quite a thought bubble but just sort of like um sort of story narration that's like filling us in on the world so were you taking bits and pieces there uh absolutely absolutely i was doing that you know uh, chris claremont was amazing in x-men he did it uh probably you know I remember reading those and I was like, oh, this guy, like it really puts you in the, you know, through the point of view uh, of the character. And that's kind of why I wanted to, you know, George R. R. Martin did it a lot in his Game of Thrones books. Uh, that's really what inspired this like, you know, POV. Uh, and the real way to really get into somebody's POV was not in, you know, the TV show. It was through like, you know, the kind of books and kind of, uh, that's why here in the comics, I was trying to get into the narration of uh, what was character was going on through the character's head. Awesome. And so I've obviously, like a lot of people, I've seen the the Game of Thrones shows and I have a lot of friends who read the book. So I have an understanding that sort of um, each chapter is told um, from a character's POV that sort of advances the story. Um, and yes. So now I'm sort of then drawing the connection of sort of what you're doing with your love of that and that way to tell stories and what you're doing here where... Um, do we get, do we get, are you calling them chapters? Um, oh yeah, I call them episodes. They're kind episodes. of, uh, yeah. And that's very sort of that, that storytelling style to sort of yeah. move the story along through one character's POV. And then, you know, the, the, the overall narrative is, is moving on, but we're just sort of getting yes. it here and there like George R. R. Martin exactly. does in the books. Okay. Awesome. Nice. So you said this is your first foray into the comics. Um, what if if I can? What what's what's your background in in music? Um. So uh. So I do. I work in the music industry. Uh, okay. And, and like uh, management and music music management. Um. But of course, you know, I used to uh, grow up playing like a bunch of instruments, like you know, guitar, piano, um, you know, singing in uh and stuff like that. But then uh, I would say that you know, it really that's kind of just like my background. Cause like, that's kind of like my job right now, but mm -hmm. I would say my background is mostly in kind of writing is that I was, uh, you know, a poet in high school. I used to write a lot of poetry and then I was the editor in chief of my school newspaper, partly inspired by Smallville and, you know, Clark Kent and all of that. It really a big part of me like wanted it. I, th I remember in junior going to senior year, I'm like, what do I want? Then I just started that show and then it kind of like, that's what I want. Um, so so yeah, so I would say that that's kind of like really got me into like storytelling and thinking about, uh, you know, laying out a page and what kind of goes into the psychology of uh, getting readers' attention. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I have a question I'm gonna to parlay later on about the the music industry, but I want to circle back again about uh, Lost Magic. Was this an idea that you've sort of you know, that, that creative part of your mind, was it always churning in there? You know, I know you said you wrote poetry and 
Um, obviously, you know, there's there's a skill towards you know journalism and writing a story to 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 engage the the reader, um, give some information. Is this a, something that's been in your head for a while, or is it something that like flashed really recently and you're like, this is what I want to do? Oh, uh, I would say it's more recent. Um, I want to say it, it was right before it was right during the pandemic when it happened. And I, I think, uh, you know, the, the last season Game of Thrones was airing and I was like, oh, you know, there was some backlash on the last season. And I was like, oh, you know what, you, you know, lots of people are disappointed. I was like, I could probably tell, you know, a better story or I could have, I would have done it this way, not better. You know, I would have done it this way or I would have, and I was like, oh, maybe I can, maybe I can tell, you know, a crazy wild story like that. Um, and that's kind of, uh, and then the pandemic happened and I had, you know, I really wanted to kind of, I couldn't really, you know, I used to make videos a lot, you know, films and I was like, I can't really do that anymore. Maybe I can uh, channel my creative energy into this project. Um, and it was, yeah, the first, um, you know, comic book idea I ever had, I ever wrote. And it's, and, you know, it's, it's going to span, you know, it was a huge story and I hope to keep writing more of them, but it was the kind of like, uh, so it means something special to me that, you know, it's like the first one. And it was uh, based entirely off of kind of my love for fantasy and, mm -hmm. you know, all these uh, maxes of, you know, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and all of that, you know, some childhood classic favorites of mine. And even technically in Game of Thrones when that first came out, season one, I was back in middle school. Uh, so yeah, so I kind of grew up on all these things. Nice. So uh, I know that, you know, we, we covered sort of your, your, your background in comics. So you make the decision that you're going to uh, be creative and, and, and write this. Um, what was your uh, philosophy? Did you go get sort of the, the how-to books or did you pick your favorite book off the shelf and say, you know, I'm going to reverse engineer this and, and this is how I'm going to go about writing it. Did you, did you, how yeah, did you do I would that? Say I, would, I would do that. I would, uh, I, I read a lot. I read a lot of comics. Uh, I, I, um, and I read a lot, uh, like kind of, I came back to it. Right. And I came back to it in a way that I kind of read a lot uh, in a short period of time to try to see what was happening in current days, you know, something killing, something's going to children the Invisible Kingdom, stuff like that that's currently happening. Um, and I was uh, trying to see what they were doing um, in their panels and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, and then I also was also talking to a few uh, screenwriter friends and, you know, other writer friends. They said, you know, just just kind of to jump into it and kind of just go, go the best way to kind of experience and learn how to do it is kind of just to go do it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of uh, what I did. I didn't really kind of think too much about the method. And I actually didn't even really... I'll write, start writing the thing. I only had the idea until I got the artist on board because then he kind of filled in into my head uh, kind of what the world was going to look like and what I kind of, uh, we kind of like, you know, played off each other. And, you know, once I kind of knew what the world kind of looked like, then I kind of started to write it knowing that, yeah, that was going to kind of, yeah. Yeah, and the 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 artwork on this book this book is is awesome. How did you? Uh, did, I'm assuming during the pandemic, uh, finding an artist um, as most of us um, are doing, it's uh, sort of an internet uh, connection there. Yeah, definitely. I was going through like hundreds of artist portfolios at the time, and not even like requesting portfolios. I was just going through people's Instagram pages and and the Facebook pages of uh, many artists just kind of trying to see what I liked because I didn't even know really what I wanted. You know, it's such a broad uh, and such a uh, big world, um, you know, to mash of genres. So I kind of didn't know what I want until I really saw it. And then when I saw it in Martin's, I knew immediately this is kind of what I want. And, uh, and then I reached out to him and he was 100% on board. And he was excited about uh, the project as well. 
Nice. And, uh, you know, when I look for, for artists, and I'm wondering if this is the case for you, I think one thing that's sort of really important for me is, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of people who are really good at doing the the cover or the splash page. Did, did uh, Is it Martin? Is that correct, uh, the artist? Yeah, Martin. Did, did Martin show you any sequential work so that you knew that he could do sort of panel, panel, panel and tell the story? Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely what I was looking for. He uh, he, that was the first thing I saw actually was uh, sequentials from him, uh, and then I kind of uh, saw his other stuff. But what I kind of was even more surprised about when I was looking for is something that I haven't actually seen before in comics, and I feel like that's Martin's you know sketchy art. It's like it's not clean art. You know, I think you see a lot of clean art styles, and when I saw Martin's art styles, what he was kind of able to do in you know kind of like the horror. Uh, and fantasy uh, realms I was like my mind started getting really excited about it and uh, I couldn't kind of like finally see it all coming together mm-hmm. and uh, so that's kind of more what I was uh, excited like excited about um, but yeah I saw definitely a lot of sequentials um, not too many he you know it's this is also his first book as well I think he had like a mini run uh, like like you know short stories that he drew but not like nothing like big before so Interesting. So um, you, you have this connection with with Martin on the art and you said that like that really like kickstarted, um, no pun intended, uh, the uh, the to, to get rolling on the story um, with you guys being sort of first timers uh, in a way, you know, you got that advice to, to jump in. But when you jump in, it's one of the best things is that you're, you're learning by making making mistakes and sort of figuring out a better way, what were some of the maybe the the hurdles or you know missteps? I don't want to quote them as as mistakes, but what were maybe some of the things that you guys had to figure out when you got uh, when you got going? Um, sure, there was there was a lot of uh, characters and a lot of character building. Uh, so it's kind of uh, the biggest thing for me was kind of uh, trying to explain you know kind of the mood um, and uh, trying and. Uh, and what the characters were doing in every scene to kind of portray and get that mood or, or theme across or the point of that entire page, actually the page objective. And then, you know, um, so if he, so, so me and Martin, you know, trying to go back and forth uh, where I didn't even want to write, you know, panels, I kind of wanted to give him some more freedom because I think we started out, gave him like uh, panels, like panel one, panel two, panel three. And it turned out that, you know, uh, he was actually, was kind of almost like limiting him and, and like the art wasn't as uh you know fanciful or wild as i would have hoped uh so then i kind of you know we kind of talked about it and we kind of talked that that was probably the best way to go it was like you know um like a trusting relationship of like uh, we understood the vision and then we kind of just um kind of bounced off each other and i kind of gave him a lot more room to kind of play around with the panels and kind of uh, what was happening um which character for example like which character showed up in that page mm-hmm. versus um, you know, me telling exactly what was happening panel by panel. I think that was one of the big things. Uh, and just getting a good rhythm, honestly. I, you know, getting up, you know, getting up and running. And then, you know, after we got like the first one down, the second and third came much more easier of the episodes. Um, and then we kind of worked uh, together to make sure that everything was kind of the same. I think mm-hmm. that was a big thing, trying to make sure that um, even though that all these uh, characters, uh, you know, the kind of, all look different that they kind of have a, a, like all the monsters obviously there's so many monsters right 
that they kind of, even though they look different, there's kind of like a similar feel to them. And there's kind of, a, you know, a connecting, you know, force and kind of feeling behind them. Cool. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you went from like a full script to more of a, a Marvel method. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Marvel map, but the sort of like the, the urban legend of it all is, is that like, you know, Stan Lee would just sort of sit at his desk and go, you know, the Fantastic Four fight a, you know, a monster from space. And then like Jack would take that and go back and sketch it. And then like, you know, then they would fill in the rest of the story. So it sounds like you've got a little bit of a hybrid model here where you're like, all right, character X is here. This is their motivation. You know, this is where it needs to be. This is the obstacles. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, it's a six panel fight scene um, or, you know, them moving through this environment in in four panels uh it seems like you've got a sort of a hybrid there cool yeah and uh did you have something that you said i didn't want to get you off it was all uh, both bolstered by i think uh, it helped have no like varden actually when i first sat down with him i didn't just give him like you know season one or episode you know this first issue I, i gave him uh you know like i gave him almost six seasons worth of story that i kind of want to build towards uh so we kind of knew exactly you know giving him a roadmap that he knew exactly where not exactly you know where all the characters were kind of not really where they're heading but kind of where the story was heading and uh what these characters needed to the pieces they played to get there cool. so i think that helped a lot too so you guys are like trying to establish like look and themes um are you doing that through sort of like uh you know, finding a piece of art that speaks to you or maybe like, um, you know, I'm really thinking about like, and I'm just throwing out an example, but like, you know, with this warrior, uh, I'm thinking about like the movie Willow, like this is like what I'm going for. Like, did you do anything of like that to sort of establish themes? Uh, absolutely. And a lot of her themes were based on monsters. So a lot of went into like monster design and, and not even monster design, it was monster stories. Because I think uh, I was trying to lean heavily on the fact that um you know all the monster stories we've ever heard of are real so uh, i want back into history you know native american cultures different cultures different time periods of uh, people who told stories of monsters you know homer might be the most famous one uh, but there are so many others who kind of like passed on stories like that and i kind of want to go back and then when i would find one you know some were super creepy some were super crazy and insane and i kind of uh told showed martin these like this is kind of uh, what I like was was feeling right. This is kind of what I wanted to to showcase this um, this kind of monster. But then also, absolutely, I, sometimes were arts uh, that I kind of showed Martin, or even the characters. I just based them like you know, um, like one one of them is based on like you know Captain Jack Sparrow of, of <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, that's kind of what I kind of want, you know, just being able to communicate like what inspired like these characters for sure. Cool. So you and Martin, you know, come together, you make this connection online. Um, you decide you're going to make this book. Um, we, we've heard a little bit about the process flow and how that sort of evolved over time. Um, what is sort of the communication like? Does he like thumbnail out a page and send it to you and you go, all right, this is this is on track. And then it goes to pencils, inks and colors. I don't know if he's the colorist as well. Uh, he, he's not the colorist. Um, so uh it was pencils uh i don't think there were thumbnails uh per se it was more just uh from the script uh we went straight to the the pencils and the pencils didn't have too much details on them it was basically just like you know placing figures down mm-hmm. and then he when he would ink them because he was uh he's he's like the i don't know he's a crazy kind of inker he uses 
he uses blades and different types of tools like toothbrushes and sponges and you can see it in his artwork and he yeah. sometimes uses fingerprints to kind of like and nails to kind of uh get the exact uh feeling uh you know the exact um you know precision uh, point of the the line he was trying to showcase and when he would do that it so it was like so he didn't really uh need the penciling step or even you know that kind of in between phase he kind of just went straight for like what he saw in his mind and then kind of just trying to put it on the page uh, through the inking process was his biggest thing um so after he would ink it um then i wouldn't then i would actually go to um elizabetha first and uh, she's the episode co covers uh, okay she does the episode cover art the portraits of the characters mm -hmm. and she, i sent it to her next and then she would kind of redefine their uh, you know appearance uh, of the characters in the sense that you know i think it was a combination of both of them who really put the what the reader's going to interpret as what the character how they look like and then from there uh and then the colors came on board uh michael and then he would uh kind of use both and kind of add his flair of color on top of that to end it all up and wrap everything together Wow. Okay. So I wouldn't have guessed um, that, that Martin was a traditional artist. I would have guessed that this is all digital. So this is on, you know, this is ink on a, you know, a Bristol board oh, or on a piece yeah. of paper. Yeah. Ink on oh. Bristol. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you can see, you can see all his tools that he uses. He uses like all these different tools. Uh, it's not just a regular, you know, uh, ink pen. Um, and then he, yeah, that's his definitely what he's grounded in. Awesome. And are you going to get a page of that art to uh, maybe frame and, and put on a wall or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. That's, that's one of the awesome things is when you, I mean, I know the digital is, um, you know, the way that things are going and the preferred method uh, for, for a lot of folks, but there's a lot of magic about sort of the, the piece of paper with the, the, the ink on it that you can frame up real nice and, and, put on the wall and I just sort so of be too. like this was an idea in my head and now it's represented by by somebody else on a on a piece of paper that that tells the story that's that's pretty magical absolutely cool so and actually I, that was the only that was one of the, uh, the you know drawing points for me when i first saw him i was like like how is he creating this type of texture you know in the artwork um just you know it was all black and white and something again i haven't seen it before and i think it was because of you know a lot of times I'm seeing traditional art. I mean, I mean, digital art nowadays, whereas uh, when I saw it, it was like traditional art. It was kind of like, you know, there was a kind of uh, like, it looked so different. Mm -hmm. uh, so it definitely was cool when I saw it. Yeah, and that would probably uh, aid in a way to that. Uh, the The art is, like you said, it's, it's a little, it's a little sketchy. It's a little, and like that, you know, I think, and this is by no fault of anybody that, that works at digital, but when you work digital, there's always, I can make that line better and the undo and going back. But there's a sort of like, when you have that, when you have that micron or you have that, that, that brush and you go to the, to the page, that, that line is, that line is there. You gotta, you gotta work with it. You gotta fix it, or that's the one that's going to be there. So uh, yeah, I, I guess that would sort of aid to that, that, sketchy feel that we're getting from Martin's art. Yeah. So the, the rest of the team, um, were, did you have to go out and find them individually? Cause I found a lot of times when I talk to people, um, it's one of two things. They either they're assembling the team one by one or like, uh, you know, I've had the scenario where, you know, I found a line artist and he's like, Hey, 
my buddy can also color this and we've worked it on the past. So then you sort of get like these, these team packages, uh, you know, and you know that these people have a working relationship and they, they can work together. How did it go for you? Did you get anybody who brought team members on or did you have to assemble everybody? I, I, I assembled them and I assembled them bit by bit. Uh, you know, Martin finished uh, the line art entirely first for issue one. Um, and, and then I was deciding black or white. And then I, I saw Elizaveta's portraits and I was so like in, in captured and, you know, enraptured by them. I was like, oh, wow, I need to get her uh, in, in the world lost magic. Um, and then from there, uh, kind of, I was, I was testing out a bunch of colorists, uh, you know, kind of afterwards. And, you know, it, it's hard to kind of find one that kind of paired well with, with Martin's art uh, and art style. And we, we were going through so, so many inspirations maybe of like, you know, Hellboy mm -hmm. um, and like different types of coloring like that. And when I found a kind of uh, Michael, it kind of just all clicked, all clicked together, um, I would say. Um, that you know we, we all had like the same vision we're all as excited about the world and then uh, he kind of brought like this this boldness to the to the world like this colorful he, he made it colorful essentially because mm -hmm. without color it was it was very cool it was very you know you just saw the black and white inks but then I think he really uh, elevated it all while also enhancing the line art of by Martin yeah I'm, I'm flipping through the the pages now as you're talking just to sort of to look through them um the the art is is, is really great um so let's let's go back to you as the uh the 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 creator here um it obviously this this sounds like this is a a very vast world that we can explore a lot of stuff in. what what is your plan here for 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 lost magic um overall if you could accomplish everything you want is it is it an ongoing is it a you know 10 to 12 issue series what's what's the plan here uh so there was a famous phrase in, in, in the show community and it was six seasons and a movie. <laughs> and, uh, and they kept uh, saying this ever since like season one, you know, because it was always on the brink of cancellation. And then, um, and then they essentially got after getting canceled every single season after season uh, one uh, kept getting renewed somehow. Uh, so, so they're, they're like a cult classic and favorite. Mm -hmm. um, and this is like, they're a comedy sitcom from like a few years ago. Um, and then, I would like to do six seasons, uh, six story, or you know, six issues, uh, and then one huge um, one shot, basically. And I don't know how long that's gonna, like, you know, how many. I don't have like a length for that one, but like one like huge uh, ending to the story, because um, I do, I, I absolutely want to end. I want to tell a complete story, and you know, um, Martin's already working on the next ones. You know, I think. Um, he, he already, like, you know, I think having the guideline to where I want to take it, um, when I sat down, I told him, I'm, I want to tell, you know, I don't want uh, only one or two issues here. I want people to know that the story is going to, you know, be complete and finished. It's going to have, you know, uh, like a huge, uh, you know, fun, like wild story. They're in for a good ride. Cool, cool. So are you keeping track? Do you have like a, like a, like a notebook where you sort of keep uh, all your, your ideas, you know, maybe, um, you know, uh, you're, you're on the move and maybe it's just putting notes into a, to a smartphone or a Google doc. What's, yeah. what's your, what's it's, your plan if you get a it's moment? It's usually a Google doc. Um, and a lot of it went, uh, when, we, when I kind of first started, it was, uh, kind of writing down on a piece of paper and like, you know, circling and drawing well, how do things connect? Where can they connect? Um, you know, where, where does, uh, where do things, uh, go, you know, 
you know, that people are unexpected, you know, an unexpected turn. Where can things happen that's so crazy and wild that I, you know, nobody's going to see it coming or I didn't even, you know, know that it can be done. Um, so uh, I started off on pen and paper uh, and then now it kind of, I kind of outlined, uh, that one was created, you know, way early on. And as an outline, I mean, it was just me just naming the episode titles mm-hmm. of where I thought, you know, not even characters, just like, what did I, what, what did I want to tell? Uh, the kind of story that I want to tell in this episode, uh, not even placing any characters into it, and then kind of um, putting like an episode through line through six seasons, right? And then kind of uh, where what I wanted to end for at that point. So that was kind of uh, how it all started. And then uh, for sure, just uh, once I pop, an idea popped in where, oh, I want this character to go here and do this um, in this episode, then I would just write it down, like on the move, usually on my smartphone. Uh, and inspiration comes to me all the time. So sometimes, you know, I'm outside, I'm out at the gym, I'm out at, you know, just the park, I'm out on my commute, uh, you know, in the train, stuff like that. And then I'll just like uh, start typing usually or, you know, you know, on my phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've had those moments of of inspiration where, where I'm doing something, you know, I'm either, uh, you know, mowing the grass and it's like, oh, yeah. this is this is how I break the story. And, you know, mower yeah. comes off, the phone comes out and it's like tap, 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 <laughs> get it all in, just fire the mower up and, and finish <laughs> finish your yard work. Um, so that, yeah, that's that's uh, when you're when it's it's weird when you least expect it. That's and it's always, sure. you know, they, they talk about how like, um, you know, a lot of times when you don't think that you're you know, working on the story, it's sort of somehow that back half of that creative mind is still back there processing it, even though you're not like sitting down at the keyboard going, all right, this is when I'm going to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's good that we have the the technology that we do. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes even the night I'll wake up sometimes after like a nightmare or like, like a very vivid dream. And I'll be like, oh, that's kind of how it all connects. And then it would be crazy because I'd be thinking like some moments later, like I was dreaming about it. You know, I was actually dreaming about these characters and it's kind of crazy. Um, so uh, and then that's kind of a lot of times I'll just, oh, I have to get that down like immediately because I know if I go back to sleep or I'm not going to remember it. Um, so so yeah that's kind of how inspiration strikes and then uh, you just have to get it down as fast as possible i've got i've gotten pretty good at that like when i get a thought i'll just write it down like immediately yeah so sort of the the scenario where you wake up from a vivid dream or a nightmare um do you keep a like a notebook next to your nightstand or are you reaching for the for the smartphone and and, Uh, the smartphone usually yeah yeah i do a little bit of both i have a i have a notebook but a lot of times it's like reach over and um and and call up the document and yeah. you know my wife's like what are you doing i'm like it's just go back to sleep you know so um yeah that's that's cool so let's um you know i feel like we we did a lot of uh you know process talk creative talk um you know we talked about putting the team together um so you've taken this book to to kickstarter um, do you have any experience with, with crowdfunding at all, or is this uh, another first sort of, uh, another first in- for me? Okay. Yeah. I, I was really thinking about in the new year, like I was thinking about all these things I would have to do to kind of prepare. And I was like, but then there were some things that I wasn't even sure of myself. Uh, and then I was like, looking back at it, like nothing could have prepared me more than hitting that launch button. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the right move. And I also think that, you know, I want to really what motivated my decision to just jump right in is without, you know, being prepared or really doing much research is that I want to join the community, uh, you know, of comic creators, 
of uh, you know comic fans but also of kickstarter itself you know there's i've been seeing so many people kind of launch comics on there and i was like maybe you know i kind of want to join them right and then i kind of now you know over one week of being alive now in my campaign you know i've so many friends uh new friends basically and you know really people that i can kind of go to and ask questions uh and things that you know that i wouldn't even have known uh i don't know how long it would have taken me to kind of know these things uh, that kind of you know now people are just like uh, throwing out a community like great advice you know they're supporting the campaign they're um you know just yeah just being available basically to answer all my questions i think that's a great part of it cool and were you able to take anything from from your day job and the sort of the uh i don't know what i, I don't remember if you said you're sort of more on the marketing side is, is that correct? Uh, yeah the management side of it management you know, side management yeah okay so you know i'm kind of thinking that like there was like the old school way of um, you know, you had to get a song on on the radio or on MTV yep. to get somebody interested in um, and go to the brick and mortar store to to buy a CD or a tape or whatever. But now, obviously, music has sort of moved more to what you would be doing with a Kickstarter, where you would be digitally going out, trying to get people interested in this product, ordering it. Um, you know, you can much like, a, like an mp3 you can deliver them a, a pdf directly there or if they want to sort of expand their um their purchase they can get like a physical thing which would be you know maybe somebody who wants like a like a vinyl record like so were you able to take uh, bits and pieces of the the day job and take them to this sort of side hustle that you got going on uh definitely i think so i think so and it was um so at so at my you know current job like i kind of I'm in, I'm in the, I'm like the center point of uh, really kind of information and everything kind of flows through me. You know, I'm talking like the legal teams, I'm talking, uh, you know, the venues for actual, like, you know, concerts um, and, you know, the talent agencies um, and uh, the legal team, okay. uh, all these kind of teams kind of just like, they all kind of flow and the marketing team, they kind of all flow through kind of me as uh, and the client. Cause I kind of represent the client in all these aspects um, so, so being there kind of really uh, shows me like how all these things kind of come together and need to come together uh, to kind of, you know, make it a, a success, right? Um, so I definitely was able to uh, kind of see how, uh, you know, artists who are doing the kind of ma- ma- basically the same thing, you're right. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just, uh, you know, a lot of them are trying to quote unquote go viral, right? And then they go viral first by, you know, uh, you know launching a video, launching one hit song. That's kind of what they're trying to go after. Um, and then from there, trying to build a foundation after that. Um, so uh, so for me, that was kind of what I wanted to do, you know, just jump right in and get out there uh, and then, you know, kind of attract backers and, and kind of learn after, you know, after kind of when you make the splash. You know. Awesome. And so you, you hit the Kickstarter um, launch button. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement uh, when, when you hit that, that launch button. Um, so what was, what were some of the, what were some of your feelings and your thoughts, the, the, after you, 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 you've done the work, you've set up the page, you, you yeah. launch it. Um, what are, what are your, some of your, 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 your highs and lows there? Um, oh man, after it, was, hitting... it was, it was, very nerve wracking. I was excited for maybe the first you know, 10 minutes and after the first 10 minutes, I'm like, it's actually, you know, it's pretty, uh, it's a nerve wracking experience because, you know, it's very, uh, you know, you're very uncertain of, you know, if you'll get funded, right. If people backers will like it. Um, but, uh, double that down with, you know, the fact that it's out of my first one, I'm like, am I going to fail at this one? 
Um, and then I was thinking, you know, it's probably, you know, I kind of half expected myself to fail anyway, and I'm taking it as a hard blow learning experience. So I was kind of, uh, those were some of the first few thoughts I was going through my head uh, in the first day, because uh, it was slow going in the first few hours, not many backers, um, and then kind of picked up uh, late into the night. And I was uh, kind of re like really excited when I got the first few ones. And and I'm talking, I'm, you know, I'm talking like, you know, $1 pledges to like, you know, $10 pledges at a time. And I was very excited when I first got that, you know, the first, you know, 200 bucks. And that was for the first day uh, crowdfunded. And I was like, wow, you know, they kind of solidified and validated that, you know, everything I've been doing for, you know, the past year trying to create, you know, this world um, that it was kind of going to be, you know, um, you know, kind of worth it and fun. And, you know, people were excited about it as well. So. Very cool. So, you know, one of the questions I'll ask people that are on, and I think maybe I might have got a, an idea there. Um, what type of Kickstarter um, runner are you? Are you able to relax? You maybe go out, go for a walk, come back in, check the page, or are you refreshing every 30 seconds to see like backer counts, you know? I, uh, yeah, it's I, I I have it open at all times uh, okay. in the corner of my you know and it's not like the the main tab but it's like one of my you know one of the windows that are open at all times, um, just because I kind of want if any backer does I kind of just want to thank them immediately, mm -hmm. um, and also I kind of do I'm trying to track that you know what the success of this Kickstarter is going to be, uh, one of my friends uh, you know she you know one of my new friends she kind of said that you know if you could fund it thirty percent in your first week you're almost guaranteed a success. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're guaranteed to get funded by the end of it. And I was like, well, that, that's wild. I don't know if that's true or not. It sounded almost too good to be true. So even though I reached 30% that first week, uh, one of my other friends said, you got to keep grinding every single day, trying to get, you know, people to see your, your, your comic. And, and that's kind of uh, the approach that I've always kind of taken in every, in any endeavor in my life. So uh, I definitely could not, you know, relax. And uh, um, that's why sometimes I think that three weeks was too long of a campaign. If I had known, that I would be like, you know, just kind of uh, crazy about it. I probably would have shortened it down to two weeks or something like that. Yeah. So um, it sounds like also you're in what a lot of us refer to as the dreaded sort of dead zone. Is, is that where you are right now? You, you had that, that those first couple of day rushes and now it's sort of things are slowed down and you're, you're out there grinding each day for yeah, well. Um, it's only been a week, so I don't know if I'm in the dead zone yet. I'm still seeing new pledges every day. And, you know, I'm happy if I get like, you know, $10, $20 a day. I think uh, mm -hmm. I've been getting that consistently. Uh, so it's not like I, I've gotten like, you know, I don't think there's been a day yet that I got in like no, you know, pledges or, you know, no backers, new backers. So for so for me, like I'm happy even if people get like, you know, just the, the $1 copy, digital mm -hmm. copy, because then they're jumping into the world of Lost Magic. And that's sure. really what I wanted this first one to be. Um, so... I'm kind of, you know, going into with the expectation that this was probably going to fail every time it inches closer and higher that to actually getting funded, it just gets me super excited. And uh, I think that's more my mindset that like, wow, this wasn't going to supposed to happen. You know, this wasn't, you know, it's hard to catch a little fire. Um, nice. So, yeah. So it's kind of what my mindset is right now. After awesome. a week. Yeah. So, um, let's let's go in are you uh, what's your approach are you trying to to post in various uh you know social media like uh at various times of the day like one two three times a day what's what's your what's your i'm actually of... i'm actually not posting at all on social media um i would say not i mean not really intentionally or by choice uh just because well i found that it's better just to kind of email people directly or message them directly 
um, or text message them directly or Facebook message. Uh, just because uh, to me, like the targeting is so much more personal and more better that way. Um, that's kind of how I've always seen uh, results in the past. Okay. Going to people directly or even like seeing them in person and being like, hey, why don't you back, check this out, back this um, versus, you know, just kind of putting it out there on social media. Again, I think it's more like the being aggressive and kind of going out there and getting it mentality versus okay. just like sitting back and uh, relaxing about it. Yeah. All right. So your philosophy for sort of the, the reaching out is this, um, are you looking for people that, um, that, you know, like through social media, you know, connections that are comic book fans, or are you searching like groups and going, all right, this is a, this is a Facebook group of people who like fantasy magic comics. Like I'm going to find that individual and be like, Hey, I know you're a member of this community. This yeah, is, absolutely. This is okay. That's, that's absolutely what I've been doing. And a lot of times I'll make sure like we have like a lot of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign. Uh, if they just commented and left the post um, about somebody else's campaign or about, about this like cool thing that they found about fantasy or art related, I'll message them directly or reply to their comments, stuff like that. Kind of just uh, looking exactly and trying to find like, you know, the perfect, you know, audience member, or the perfect reader in my mind and trying to go up to them and get them. Yeah. Cool. And I guess like that, uh, I think one thing that's interesting there is, and I'm guessing you're doing this is by, you know, gathering some of that information by the reply or knowing, you know, that you have mutual friends, um, uh, you, you're sort of personalizing the, the, the message. I know one thing that's really frustrating to me is if I get, um, if I get like a, like, <laughs> so like a lot of times I'll get a Facebook friend and I'll go and I'll look just to make sure that like, they're not somebody, you know, spewing hatred on the internet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, all right, this person's this person, you know, I know we have mutual friends, you know, I've looked at their page. Um, nothing is a red flag that this person is, you know, like I said, spewing hatred on the internet yeah. friends. And then I'm like, Hey, I have a Kickstarter going on. Like, and I'm like, you didn't even like take the time to be like, Hey Matt, um, thanks for you. You know, it's like, so it sounds like you're, you're really personalizing the message so that the person knows that that's sort of a one-on-one connection you're trying to make there. Right. Yeah. And um, because, you know, I think that's the most important thing. I think even finding you, uh, I found you through Anthony Stokes who made mm-hmm. the K number one. And I think, you know, I think it's important to kind of have that level of uh, recognition and kind of personalization to everything you do. Um, because it's it, it really just makes it so much more cooler to have an experience with somebody that you kind of uh, you know that's like real and like that. Yeah. yeah, it's very true. I think I got a uh, a message from you going, "Hey, Anthony sent you, you know, me your way," and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, I know Anthony. I love that book. Let's 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 go ahead and do that." So again, that's that that connection and sort of that yeah. no like and you sort of built that like no like and trust with me because like. I knew Anthony's yeah. book and I knew it was really cool. So it was like easier to sort of be like, all right, I'm going to respond to this guy's message. Right. Yeah. So, and it was, it worked both ways too, because, you know, he, he talked you up. Uh, so, so he talked so nicely about you and I was like, Oh, I, you know, if he's, if he's saying all these really nice things, I already like you. I didn't even meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Awesome. So um, let's uh, as we close up, let's do like sort of the, the calls to action. I know you said that you don't, it seems like you don't really post a lot about this. Do you want to give out like social media websites, best, uh, best yeah, places to uh, go? For sure. Um, so the, the, the first place to go is uh, lostmagiccomic.com. You know, okay. that's my Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, and then um, on Instagram, 
I kind of just uh, have been resharing reviews, uh, you know, good reviews that have been coming in about the comic. And you can follow me at uh, the uh, T H E Arman A R M A N, uh, uh, and it's uh, my tag is the Armanissance, but I'll spell it for you. It's uh, so the A R M A N A I S S A N C E. Um, so it's like the Renaissance, mm-hmm. the Armanissance. Uh, so uh, the Armanissance stories uh, is is my uh, so I have two accounts, my main personal one, and if you just add stories at the end, you'll get my comic and. Uh, you know, overall, you know, I do some film stuff as well, but my, my writing is all in the stories account. Awesome. Well, we're going to put a link to that, to that website and the show notes and in your social media as well. Um, but also as we close up, you know, I know you gave us the elevator pitch. Let's, let's go in a little bit deeper this time when we talk about this, this book that's on Kickstarter right now. Oh, uh, for sure. So, so there's the way I kind of want to, uh, uh, start off with, uh, you know, Lost Magic uh, season one. So there's six episodes in this first book, um, first issue, and it's each told through a new character's POV, you know, their point of view. Uh, and it's it's all on the same uh, Lost World, and it's it goes chronologically in time. And so, you know, everything's connected, but you're just kind of seeing them from a new point of view. And it really sets the stage for, uh, you know, I believe an epic story that'll uh, really open the readers up. You know their eyes and hearts to the to the magic of uh, you know not only the lost universe and the story but also our universe as there are multiple connections and um, to it and I think uh, the more people see that uh, you know I think uh, can relate to it and I think that was a big thing for me um, and this other world is not only connected to Earth it's also connected to all the other uh, you know planets in the universe so it's, I want to really uh, get that you know connection going and really crossing. Uh, so many different types of monsters and or people or aliens out there um, to kind of try to create this world like a max, uh, like a mashup of everything. Um, and, you know, it's obviously grounded in, in, in fantasy and horror, e- equal parts, half, out, half, I would say. Um, and um, the way to kind of, uh, the, the story I was able to, you know, kind of max up from all these different things, all these different ideas uh, that I think people can grasp onto really are there's kind of uh, two sides to this current conflict in this first book. And it's, you know, a king that wants to build his first civilization. And I think there's something really cool about the f- first person to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, this king is trying to build a first civilization on this, uh, you know, on this lost world. Um, and he does it, you know, without, you know, kind of magic, but then you have people who are against that and his way of doing things who want to keep the chaos and you know the way it's always been and they call themselves the rebellion so each character and um has to make a decision really like which side do they want to join and there's no right or wrong there's no good side bad side um it's really just uh the decisions you have are kind of uh what uh based on uh, what you're what you want and also kind of your surroundings uh currently um so that's kind of how I, uh, and then also obviously the reader can make their own decisions and make their own choices as well. So I think that's a really great way to kind of introduce the reader as a character themselves and kind of have, as they solve this mystery of what's happening uh, to the magic, why is magic dying currently? Um, so as they kind of figure all that things out themselves, they kind of can kind of choose their own sides too. Very cool. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's really awesome. You know, I've been able to read it, but that description that you gave me, like, even just reading like the, the preview copy, I got even more excited there. So yeah, 
Cool. And uh, I like to say that there's high readability here because sometimes there's a, a things you're missing and then you kind of just have to, if you reread it after reading it once, you'll start seeing things and you know, you'll start understanding more of what's happening in the story because it's all really more connected than everybody, you know, than you initially think. Awesome. So um, let's point out that the, uh, you know, we're recording this um, on uh, January 10th of 2022. Um, your campaign has roughly what, about uh, two weeks to go? Two weeks that... left. Uh, okay. Yeah, it ends on the 24th. So exactly two weeks. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, you know, time is not really, you know, we're not running out, but time is of the essence here. So, you know, you, yep. it's time to, to jump over and, and check it out. Are there preview pages on the, on the website so people can uh, see the art? Yes. Yes. Uh, there's preview of the art pages. Um, and then uh, it's on letter though, but you can see uh, everything else. The covers are up and so are the episode covers or at least one. Very cool. Well, I would encourage everybody to, to go check it out. And like I said, it's the, the website will be in the show notes um, and, and social media will be in the, in the show notes as well. Um, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to make this connection. Um, you know, if you want to come back in the future, um, you know, more more uh, issues come out we, we can check in on the sort of the state of uh of lost world uh, i'm sorry lost magic and uh just see where where things are going so um yeah absolutely i'd love to keep coming back yeah very cool um so for everybody listening i'd like to, to thank you um if you give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use we really appreciate it if you want to follow the podcast we're on twitter and that is at construct compod instagram is constructing comics pod and facebook is constructing comics um once again just thanks for listening uh please be safe be nice and go out there and make some comics thank you <laughs>